First Take, the least boring banking podcast, is an attempt to make banking unboring and tell you all the tips, tricks, and news that you need to know regarding your banking life. Brought to you by two former news anchors who are just trying to make banking a little more personable, a little less boring. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to First Take, Episode 5, the least boring banking podcast. I'm Blake. I'm Allison. We are so glad you have decided to join us once again. If you're a first-time guest, glad you're with us. Hope you will join us again. If you are a repeat customer, we just can't tell you how glad we're here. We don't get a ton of those on our podcast. First National Bank is a bank of return customers, the least boring banking podcast. We don't really know what's going on. Hey, you know what? We, you know, statistics show, Blake, that we've had at least some repeat we, uh, customers to because there's like somebody in germany that's downloaded at least twice and the chances that we have multiple people in germany downloading it multiple times is pretty slim that is very slim yes and that's good so don't uh, know how that happened this podcast is not available in german we appreciate you listening uh okay so episode five uh of course it's the least boring banking podcast so we try to take different topics around banking we try to make it educational sure um but we also try to have fun with it at the same time now we told you that we would be bringing on various experts because Allison and I are, uh, we talk about everything but experts in nothing, former news anchors. Yes, that is a so, very good description of that. Yeah, and uh, so we today, in typical exciting banking fashion, are talking about... Interest rates. Whoa. Interest rates. You so, know, so so many people, just their eyes rolled back in their head. I'm like, like, oh no. Great. Thank I you I barely made it so through college much. math. Why are you doing this wow. to me? Wow. Okay, so get out a pencil and paper. We're going to be uh, starting on page five. Uh, no, but in all honesty, this is something that you may think you understand interest rates. You may know nothing about it at all. Mm-hmm. And so over the next uh, 28, nine minutes or so, we're going to be telling you uh, kind of what it is, how it works, but also... Maybe some tips and tricks to get around it, which mm-hmm. is it's weird, a bank doing that. But once again, we're not experts, so we bring experts in to help us learn about it. And yes. Allison and I often learn things during it as well. But today, uh, we're talking about loan interest. We will have a separate podcast episode that is talking about interest on deposits. All right? But um, this one is just simply about loan interest. What does that mean? Uh, how does it work? And joining us today is uh, one of our lenders at uh, First National Bank. It is Mitch Hovis. Mitch, how are you, buddy? I'm good. Glad to be here, Blake. Excited to be an expert for the first time? I, I think when you said interest rates, people probably logged off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have learned, though, that you have to actually act like people are listening throughout this entire thing because people do end up listening to the... You would be surprised at how many people want to listen to us talk about You would be as equally surprised as we are. We'll give it our best shot to make this as entertaining as possible. I always say, uh, uh, long-time listener, first-time expert, Mitch Hovis with us here. So I I think, and I think we have to keep in mind, we do have a variety of people that listen from all different kind of backgrounds. You know, you may have people listening that they're experienced in getting loans. They understand that, but they may... Wait a minute, are they going to give me some sort of trick to get around this? And we may do some of that, but but for somebody who really doesn't understand that, we throw that term interest around like it's widely understood. And it is not. It, it is not. So I think we hit, you know, what what is interest, Mitch, to start out simply? So there, there's basically two definitions of interest. If you work at a bank, uh, interest is what the bank makes. It's the profit on the money that we let someone borrow. If you're a consumer, which we're going to focus on today, interest is what it costs you to borrow money to purchase something. That that is, that's that's it. And we'll get into a little bit later. I I do want to get into kind of how they are determined. 
Uh, and we may hit that a little bit early on, but first of all, I mean, on a typical loan, and it does vary, but how is that generally calculated, you know, to come up with the sum of money you're going to have to pay to get Because you think about, you know, you may go into a bank and your best friend may go into a bank and both of you are getting the same loan for the same amount of money, but there are different factors that go into what kind of rate you're going to get. And again, I'll have a process where I'll let Mitch answer is that, you know, we will speak a lot of times to how First National Bank does things. Does not mean it applies across a, a broad spectrum across the board, but generally speaking, things work this way. But how does that kind of get calculated? How how do you end up paying that interest on that loan in the long run? So, so there's various, numerous factors that go into how a rate is determined. Uh, one would be when you walk in and talk to your banker to borrow some money is, what is going to be the purpose of those funds? Are, are you buying something? Are you opening a business? Uh, and so the, the structure of, of how that loan would be restructured, meaning how, how are you going to pay that, pay that note back to the bank and then second is, is what is the risk that the bank is taking? Um, and I, I got some notes here that we'll, we'll define how risk really really determines what that price is that you're going to pay to borrow, the, to borrow those funds. Well, I think too, you, you mentioned that, that rate can depend, can vary greatly depending on what the product is you're actually seeking. That's right, that's right. So, so you know, if, if you're buying a car you know, it's going to have a price and a term. If you're buying a house, you know, we, you see on the news a lot and hear this term a lot, the 30-year fixed rate mortgage, that has, that has a price. Uh, if, you're, if you're borrowing business for a commercial purpose, you're gonna hear the term prime rate. Um, so so you, you can see already that based on three different scenarios that we have three different ways to price things when we talk about interest rates depending on product and purpose. And Mitch, does some of that have to play into, like you were talking about, obviously with a home, a lot of what you hear is the 30-year fixed rate mortgage. Is it length of the loan that you're going to have, play, uh, interest rate plays into that? What all factors into why they vary? So so why they vary is is, is you hear, okay, let's, let's start with the prime rate. It's, it's one of the most newsworthy rates that we hear. Okay, so the prime rate is basically what would a bank charge its prime customer, okay? The, the other one that's the most popular is the 30-year fixed rate. That's what we all think about when we buy a house. What is the 30-year fixed rate? You know, that, that price of interest on the 30-year fixed rate is really derived from the 10-year treasury note. And so um, as that note moves up and down, you get a, a variance in, in the 30-year fixed rate mortgage price. So, so that, that that interest rate is changing as we speak, mm -hmm. whereas the prime rate stays more stationary over time as the Federal Reserve moves it up and down. Well, and going into, you know, what you're talking about, it's it fluctuates, that 30-year that rate fluctuates so heavily. Think back to the 80s and 90s on what the amount of interest people were paying on homes versus what they're paying now. So in, so in the 80s, when you had the savings and loan boom, you know, people, you hear people say, I paid 16% on my house. That makes me want to vomit. And now, <laughs> based off what we're seeing, I mean, yesterday, I, I looked yesterday, the, the, you know, it was not uncommon yesterday to get 30-year fixed-rate mortgage pricing under 3%. Yeah. Well, and, and so I think that's, that's an important note. People, you see this on the news, and it's just not explained at all. And that's the feds are going to lower rates or the feds are going to raise rates. And then immediately in come the questions are, you gonna lower my rate? 
or you're going to raise my rate. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work that way. No, it really doesn't. And, and so, so like I said, the, the prime rate, you know, when we see that on the news, that, that's one of the most common calls that we get. You know, the Fed lowered rates last night. Are you going to change my rate? That's, that's not exactly how this works. The, the, your car or your credit card, that rate is usually some variant of the Fed funds rate, okay? So the Fed funds rate is how we control the money supply in and out of the economy. That's what we borrow. That's what our bank borrows mm-hmm. from other banks or another bank may borrow that from us. So you, when you see the Fed funds rate, you know, it, it's in a range of zero to 0.25%. That's what really affects your consumer products, your cars, your credit cards. Um, when you see that prime rate, that, that is really a, a, a commercial-driven rate. But um, anything that may be variable rate in the United States may be a prime plus product. Well, I think, you know, again, you have multiple things going into factor. You mentioned that, you know, sometimes banks borrow funds to in turn loan back out, you know, but there's also to the deposits that we have, which you are loaning back out. So there's a lot that goes into that because uh, you, you kind of have two different levels of consumers. You have people who may not be in that buying stage. They're in the, the stage where they're living off of IRAs and things like that, who are living off of the, the deposit interest, which mm-hmm. we will talk about next week. But that does, you can't really ignore the deposit interest while talking about loan interest because ultimately that's a reason why that just doesn't fluctuate overnight <laughs> because ultimately, you know, we, we have money at certain rates and that's how we keep, I mean, let, let's just say this. We're a very transparent group. Allison, I think we're going to be accused of being transparent on this podcast, I think. Okay. We've been very transparent. Sure. Okay. The banks are, we are in the money-making business. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, whether you're a farmer. I think, I think all businesses are in the money-making you're, you're, business. You know, we're not trying to break even, right? So ultimately, in the end of the day, uh, there is a certain spread that we're going to have to keep uh, to to make sure that we're we're making money. Okay? And, and, and you want that as a consumer because it just makes makes everything better. So that's where we're at with this, is that that rate that you hear on TV changing does not just immediately overnight right. affect things as much as the politicians and things would like to convince you that it that it does. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit operates in somewhat of the land of make-believe. I, I mean, not completely, but, but in a lot of ways. So um, there's that. But I think something we may want to make sure we cover before we, we dive off into the technicalities is that when you get a loan, right, there is a cost to doing that. And there is the price you pay. And then we're also going to give you on your loan documents, and it's very important to pay attention to, the actual cost of what you're buying. Right. The life of the loan of what you are paying for. Yeah, so so, so that, I think that's really important, the actual cost, what you're actually going to pay over the life of that loan. And I'll give you an example. Let, let's make it easy. If Blake, if you go buy a $100,000 house on a 30-year mortgage and your rate is 3%, your interest cost over the next 30 years would be $51,700. So your total cost to buy that house is $151,700. It's a $100,000 house. You paid one fifty one. dollars To define what changes in interest rates can do for you, if you bought that same house at 5%, your interest over the life would be ninety three thousand, and so that that hundred thousand dollar house now actually cost you over thirty years one hundred and ninety three thousand dollars, and so I think it's really important, even for us as a bank, that we help people understand actual cost of something and how we can help them lower that cost over time. 
And that is on your loan documents that you received. And mm-hmm. it will be pointed out during closing that this is the total This price. is what you're borrowing. This is the total price of what you're if borrowing. If you pay this for the 30 years or, or however you right. know, long of an am we put that on, it's going to be mm-hmm. this cost. Most people don't end up have you know, they'll pay it off early or they'll sell their house or whatever. But right. over the course of time, we will give you that number and, and don't ignore that. Like it's not there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you lock that rate in now at 3% and Lord help us that they don't go back to 16% like they were in the 80s. But, you know, it's uh, something to, to be aware of, of, of what you could potentially pay in the long run. There are ways to, and this is, okay, I want you to listen very closely to mm-hmm. this next statement. So when anybody tries to tell you how bad we are, it's this big, bad bank. We ultimately do want what's best for you. Obviously, we're in the money-making business, but we do not want to trap you into something and steal your money. There are ways that you can actually pay less interest. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get around interest. There's a few very simple ways you can do it. There's also a few things you can do when you're just paying your loan. Absolutely. One of the most important, you know, that we, we when we talk to 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 students or kids growing up, one of the most important things we tell them is how important that credit score is. Uh, because what credit score actually is, it's, it's a, a number that coincides with historically how you have performed on past uh, credit histories. And so the, the better your history is um, and the lower, the lower risk you look like when you borrow money, generally speaking, you get a lower rate. And so over time, you think over a lifetime, um, if, if you average borrowings over a lifetime were 3% instead of five, I mean, how much money have you saved over mm-hmm. your whole life period? You know, the second thing I, I like to tell people is, is, you know, we see it very common now. Um, when I bought my first car, you know, it was a 60 month note. Now you can finance cars all the way out to 84 months. Well, yeah. Um, opt for shorter payback periods. Shorter payback periods mean means less interest paid over time. And and so, you know, those are the two of the most common uh, things that, that we could tell you uh, that, that, that would save you money and, and keep more money in your pocket. And something I think is interesting, um, dual payments on a, a month of a loan, of paying, you know, say you've got your house payment or your car payment set up, making the payment twice, not, ma- not doubling your payment, but paying it, Bi-weekly. what is it? The, mm-hmm. You know, if you pay bi-weekly, uh, that means you make 26 bi-weekly payments in a year. That's actually, you made 13 monthly payments. On a 30-year mortgage over time, I think it saves you somewhere around five and a half years on your mortgage. So, I mean, you can see by cutting that payment, you know, basically in half on a bi-weekly note, you know, you start, you start, the more often you pay, the less interest you pay over time because you're, you're kind of speeding up that process, if I can use that term. Yeah, or, or, you know, sometimes, especially vehicles, this works really well, but like, I mean, you get a little extra money, you know, mm-hmm. put some of that on your principal. Um, and, and another thing too, Mitch, and you're going to say this as a lender, I know, but stay on time, stay on track. Stay on track. It, it, that may be the most important thing we can tell you is, is don't have that late payment. Uh, don't go past due because that, you incur a fee. Well, that fee gets collected. That's you know, it may sound simple that it's a $25 fee for being late, but that's 25 less dollars of your payment that go to the actual note. So um, I, I know it's easy for us to say, you know, as a bank and, and tell people, but, you know, if you can afford 
to pay extra. Pay a little extra. It goes a long way when it comes to saving you money over the life of that note. And obviously there's, you know, you have principal and interest when you make a payment. Certain portion of what you pay, if your payment's $500, depending on your interest rate, certain portion of that goes to pay your interest, which is, you know, effectively just money made by mm-hmm. the institution you get the loan from. And then there's your regular payment, which actually pays down the balance of what you bought. Well, ultimately, if you pay extra and you already have advanced your due date, you're paying extra on principal, Not which is then interest, less, especially yes. if you're on a per diem rate, it's, it's less money you pay over time by reducing your principal faster or even paying it off early. So, uh, yeah, those are those are big things. Just staying current it seems simple, like Mitch said, but it, it is. Uh, so you, you mentioned something earlier, and I think we got some time to maybe dive back in a little deeper into these interest rates. Um, you know, something that people don't take into effect, that just a reason why lowering and the rate at the federal level doesn't change things. And I think we're seeing some of this right now in the housing market is supply and demand's impact on the way lending is done and therefore subsequently the rates. When you when you think about supply and demand, you know, I also like to tell people, think about money as a commodity, not, not an actual dollar bill in your pocket, okay? So we all know that we were coming through a pandemic okay so so we were all nervous that things were shutting down uh, people are going to get laid off which means there's going to be less money out in the economy the system. and so one way to circumvent that that uh, is for the fed to lower the rates to make it easier for people to borrow at a cheaper rate uh, you know because we our local economy our regional economy our, our national economy we need people working receiving a paycheck spending that money, borrowing money to go buy cars and houses, mm-hmm. and we keep this we keep this supply of money basically in a in a in a circular motion. And so so supply and demand is not just, you know, oil and gas or metals. I mean money uh, is its own commodity that, that that interest rates derive off supply and demand of money. And ultimately, like you said, that it's it's an economy of its own. It's just the, the dollar by itself, and those rates are dictating kind of how we do. And, and again, the loans that we may get uh, as a bank and as an institution, the rates we may pay out to depositors. So, for those of you who have hung with us, who may have not have been beginning interest people, maybe you knew you knew most of the things we said. If you stayed with us, we do appreciate that. Let, let's get into just some. And I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Mitch is a little bit of an economist himself, like. I mean, really studies the market and things like that. Like, seriously, you're, you're a very nerdy. Intel- He's a little nerdy about it. I mean, very I, intelligent I, in that regard. I would, I would be a little nerdy about it. I, I really enjoy, uh, I really enjoy studying. I, I actually really enjoy the historical periods we've had during different recessions or depressions and, and how we have recovered and, and really how interest rates have played a, a very vital role in, in some of our recoveries, uh, you know, especially in the United States. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's the one and only time I'm going to get to call him a nerd and he's going to appreciate it. So, but I do want to talk about, you know, kind of where things are currently. Uh, and, and again, this is, at this point, I'll kind of throw in a little disclaimer. At this point, we may, we're going to get a little bit more speculative with our answers, okay? So, uh, and it's, uh, that's all right. You know, we're, we're, we may talk about what may or may not happen. Mitch, what you kind of see. Um, we are hearing, you know, more about maybe the Fed rate going up. Uh, what what are you kind of seeing or hearing maybe the expectations just in your research and reading um, that we might see in these next few months. So what what we're hearing and what we're getting out of the Federal Reserve is is basically they do not want to raise interest rates. Okay, so 
what we think we see now could be flat uh, at least through the end of the year. More than likely for the most uh, most of 2022, we would expect it to be flat as well. So we don't really see any big increases in rates. I think what you'll see going into maybe the third quarter of next year is is when people start going back to work and they do start receiving paychecks and they do start spending and you know I think Jerry was on a couple of weeks ago and talked about the supply chain you know being affected mm-hmm. well that that causes prices to go up from a supply chain side when you have have the amount of money that we have in the system that goes and actually starts spending that money you know and you start consumer consumer driven inflation and you've still got supply side problems we could really see some some drastic inflationary measures the only way to combat that from a from a government or federal level is to start raising interest rates. So we do believe it's on the horizon. The timing of it, really unsure. Um, I would guess, in full disclaimer, and this is just my my personal opinion, but I would think that potentially somewhere in the 2023 calendar year that we could be under some real pressure to start raising interest rates. And so now looking back to, you know, obviously fresh on most people's mind, you know, 2008, the recession, but even looking back in your studies of, you know, the depression or, or different areas of time, whenever all these crazy things are going on, is this what you would see, what you're anticipating? Is that what's happened in the past? If you, if you think about the economy over a lifespan, you, you sort of see some, some, to use the term loosely, some, some roller coaster up and mm-hmm. down. So, when the economy is really peaking and, and coming up to the the crest of of, that, of its next wave, uh, you know, and people are spending money and, and there's there's inflationary pressures, you know, like I said, we have to raise interest rates to kind of kind of temper that down because what we don't want is for all of us to go to the grocery store and have to pay ten dollars a gallon for milk. Okay, right. that's a problem. Now we're we're we have real purchasing power problems, and so that gets. It gets tempered by raising those rates, so we, we, we see less people borrowing money. The banks have to borrow less money. They have to charge a higher rate, so it, it kind of tempers things down. Well, when you're, when you're coming off a recession or a housing crisis uh, or a pandemic, and, and now this is a very unique situation because we haven't seen the economy really falter like it did in 08, but we've had the, the pandemic issues to mm-hmm. deal with. Um, this is going to really be a, a unique scenario, but coming off of 08 when we had, had those issues, you know, we needed people to get back in the housing market and borrow money, uh, but we had so much foreclosure and default that it was really difficult. So, you know, basically rates have been down at historically low levels for, you know, going on a decade now. Right. Had those gas prices for a while too. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that's very over. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's I think it jumped what thirty cents overnight. Yeah. Now I'm. That was nice while it kicking lasted. myself was, for not having filled up. <laughs> See you later. You know, uh, Mitch. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I really appreciate you taking the time. These guys are busy um, to come up here and talk with us. It's not their favorite thing to do, but Mitch is actually, like I said, he's he really, like all joking aside, really does study these things. I'm really glad to be able to have gotten you on here. Um, he speaks to a lot of classrooms and things like that too. Well, yeah, I've seen Mitch talk to uh, college students, uh, high school students, and has a, a very good way of breaking it down to make it easier to understand because it's not the easiest to understand topic. So it's not the easiest to understand. It's not the most exciting 
but it may be really one of the most important things as as consumers of money that we really need to understand. And yeah. so I think it's something also that not only banks, but, but you know, just our, our general society to, to help people out is we need to do a better job of educating people of how this uh, really works and how it really affects your day-to-day life and, and purchasing power. I think our ultimate plan is, with this is to get to get this in front of students, maybe with teachers. You know, I, I have actually had parents tell me, uh, it was actually one of our board members here at the bank told me that they were in the car driving and he had his son with him. He's like, listen to this, <laughs> you know, so, so somewhat we do have a captive audience, uh, but it, it is important. And we joke around a lot about the least boring banking podcast and in it, I mean, Mitch, we even talk about it ourselves. This is not a ton of fun to talk about all the time, but it is very important. And ultimately, uh, we do have a responsibility as the bank to try to help you understand what we're doing. That's right. It, it, it is not it is not an exciting topic, but but it is our responsibility as a community bank to 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 try to help everyone understand. Uh, you know, like I said, how how it really affects them. Mitch, thank you. Thank you. Well, that was that was good. Yeah. Solid, solid loan interest discussion. So and so much fun. Soon we're doing what are we doing? Deposit interest next, Allison? I believe that is the next item on the list. Have we chosen slide? our next victim for um, deposit interest? I'm just gonna say whenever you whoever we've decided to choose, do not to their face call them victim because that will make them feel our nerd. They will make I called Mitch a nerd. Well, that's okay. It, he is. I just don't want <laughs> somebody to feel like they <laughs> he, he hasn't left yet either. Yeah. So, so um we are doing deposit interest next, which actually, like I said, you, you can't really separate these two, but we did because it's our podcast. We'll do what we you want. Get your own podcast. But uh, so we're going to do that next. And we will talk some about how ultimately why we pay you what we pay you. Because mm-hmm. we have a lot of like, man, pay me some more yeah. on my money. And right. like, that's nice. We like that free money. We're customers too, right? So uh, we, we'll talk about that, why that is the way that is, but also ways you can maximize your money, mm-hmm. uh, which ultimately can help you know, uh, negate some of the interest that you pay back out onto loans because it all balances out in the end. So uh, also a big shout out to Brian Cliff, IT guy, who still has not gotten me a new phone with facial recognition. Uh, um, and then the random woo yeah. that you may have heard during that, that was Brian. The yeah. IT guy. You know, Mitch was right in the middle of talking and I'm like, well, I can't edit that out. So yeah. So that was nice. Thank appreciate, you, Brian. Appreciate that. Shout out IT. Uh, that's our second. That's eight. Hey, we may start doing shout out IT every episode. So Hey, he did uh, creep on us one time during an episode. He peeked his head yeah, around the corner. Yeah, so uh, back-to-back IT shout outs. Appreciate that. But uh, deposit interest is next, coming up in a couple weeks. Yes. Uh, stay tuned to that. Uh, watch our video uh, version. It's not really a full-on version of this, but a short video version of First Take. You can win a little $100 master. I don't know if anybody's commented on that one yet. I don't think they have. So there is $100 out there for the taking that nobody's gotten that we will just take and spend on ourselves if you don't. Is that, oh, oh, okay. Shout out, we make uh, the rules. Shout out uh, people that uh, supervise us. So uh, <laughs> just, they're going to be real happy to hear that one. They're like, you're going to do what? Compliance <laughs> so, is like, no, 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 like, no, no, no. you're not. <laughs> you are not. Uh, hey, First National Bank's member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, we appreciate you guys joining us. I'm Blake. I'm Allison. See you later.